James, so glad to be with you today. Thank you so much for being here. And I know we go back a ways eight years ago. You know, I covered you uh, as a play-by-play -play broadcaster uh, for one of your uh, junior college basketball tournaments and, you know, wanted to hear from you. You know, everybody has a different definition of relationship building, you know, that's unique to you. How would you define relationship building? Well, you know, obviously as a coach, I'm always thinking from a, from a team aspect and, and coach player or player player relationships. But I think how I would define a relationship building is, you know, one or, or more people um, pouring into each other, um, um, working together towards typically a common cause. Um, but at the same time, um, don't always have to be on the same page. And so um, I think it's, you know, it takes some selfless acts and, and those types of things. But um, with that being said, uh, as those people work towards common goals, they develop um, bonds that typically last a long time, especially when you, when you think about sports. Um, so I know that's a very um, general question and you could go a lot of different ways with it. But as a coach, um, I think it's really pouring into yourselves, your, your players or your players pouring into their other players lives um, and, and really investing in them um, to work towards a common goal typically. That, that's great. That's great advice. And I think about, you know, where you've come from, like you're the associate men's basketball coach for New Mexico State University. And before that, you had worked with other coaching organizations as well as, you know, at the junior college level. So talk to me about, you know, what leadership qualities and attributes do you look for in your players and when you're coaching and when you're assisting with the head coach at New Mexico State now and you know, previous times as well. Like, what do you look for in your players? What makes an organization be very successful? Well, from a, from a player standpoint, I think you're looking for um, driven individuals who, you know, want to win. Because ultimately, um, you know, we're all judged by wins and losses, unfortunately. But at the same time, guys who are selfless, guys who are willing to put the team before themselves, oftentimes, um, guys who, um, or student athletes who uh, will every single day give their best to try to just get a little bit better on a daily basis. And then over the course of time, um, you, you, you develop your team and roles are defined, but that's not going to happen if you have people who won't put the team before themselves for the most part. Um, and so when, when, when building a team, when, when recruiting student athletes, when um, trying to mold you know, organizations or teams, you have to kind of find um, each individual uh, positive of, of, of personalities and work ethics and how they operate and, and how they tick and talk, if you will, um, and then mold them in together. And so for us as a coaching staff and myself personally, you know, selfless individuals who are driven to be successful, both as an individual and as a team, um, who are willing to put forth a team before themselves. And then again, like we talked about earlier, um, investing into their teammates, investing into their coaches, um, and investing into the program, um, then we know, you know, the cause effect relationship is typically very successful. And then from a staff standpoint, um, when you put together a staff or when you work with different coaches, I think it's great to have people from different backgrounds um, who, you know, value different things, have different opinions, because again, as you, as you mold and put it all into one a big circle, um, it, it really helps the, the, the organization, the team, 
um, or whatever you might be talking about um, specifically be successful because you kind of cover all of your bases. And that's, again, you know, really helpful insight because, you know, you have experience working with a lot of different coaching staffs. And, you know, when you think back to your junior college days, when I was, you know, covering you for that basketball tournament and all the other teams you were competing with at the junior college level in 2013 for the NJCA uh, Division One basketball, uh, you know, Region 5 Men's Basketball Championship, and it was a tournament, obviously, you had to uh, compete in that tournament. You know, what did you learn at the junior college level? And, you know, the experience that you learned at the junior college level and even going back to your days in college and, you know, knowing that you wanted to be a basketball coach, how, how did your experiences, different stops along the way on your journey, how did it shape you to be the coach you are today where you're able to be successful in a team atmosphere and as well as being a mentor for a lot of you know college players who are going to go on to either play professionally or even if they don't play professionally to, they'll have to you know find a way to succeed you know off the basketball court and you know what type of um experiences even going back to your days um have shaped you well I think for me, um, I have a unique background because I've always worked at the lower levels um, as a basketball coach. And even um, when I was in college, I coached at a high school. So all I've done for the last you know, 20 years of my life, I'm only 38 years old, but the last 20 years of my life is coach basketball and go to school when I was in college. But um, so as I've grown in my journey and, and gone through my process of getting to where I'm at today, I've, I've had different roles at different um, organizations or different colleges or different stops along the way. So going back to, you know, when you're recruiting or when you're putting together a team, you want the utility infielders, you want the jack of all trades in your organization because they can always fill in the holes or those gaps where um, it might be lacking because, um, you know, two or three people in your organization might be strong in one area, but weak in the other. Well, I think I've been blessed um, and it's helped me get to where I'm at today because I feel very comfortable um, plugging in wherever somebody needs me to do it. So for instance, if, if I need to drive a bus when I'm in junior college, I could do that um, and still coach the team and, and would have no ego and would be selfless in my approach and um, how I go about doing that. And so each stop along the way, my hat or my role has been different in that organization. And so when you look at that um, from a team aspect, whether you're a coach, a player, um, or what have you, whatever, whatever your role might be, an athletic trainer, a strength coach, it, it doesn't matter. In the organization, you have to be a star in your specific role, but at the same time, you have to be selfless and, 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 and be flexible enough to fill in other roles um, because at the end of the day, we all have to you know, pull our own weight, but then at the same time, maybe can help elevate the program or the organization because we go above and beyond. And so Thinking back to when we first met, you know, eight years ago, which is it's crazy to, to say it's been that long, um, you know, and when I when I had some team building aspects and, and when I was able to be a head coach for the first time, the first year you met me, um, my team and those guys, they were selfless. Um, they were very tough minded. They were very resilient in their approach on a daily basis. Um, and then that carried over to a lot of success on the court because of their preparation their dedication to each other first um, and to the team first before their own individual accolades. 
and then you know we were able to win and go on to the national tournament and and have great success success that they hadn't had uh, at New Mexico Junior College um, for a long time previous to that but that none of that would have happened um, if our players our student athletes and the staff weren't willing to work towards a common goal oftentimes putting um, their individual success to the side but we all know that when um, you're part of a, a, a successful organization, a winning team, um, that then everybody moving forward past that point what was recruited to higher levels because people like winners. People like um, to hire people from successful organizations, and, but that wouldn't have been possible if those guys and our staff wouldn't have put together, um, uh, put, put their own agendas to the side um, as, and put forth the team's success. And I think anybody, no matter what walk of life they come from, uh, James, that, you know, whether you're on a sports team or whether you're, you know, working for an organization, a business of any type, a corporation of any type, even within your own family, life is all about the team. It's all about taking care of one another and leading one another and setting an example for one another so you can know that putting your best foot forward that there are people to you know back you up and be there for you uh to get a certain result done it's all about the common goal it's all about a common mission to try to execute on a daily basis you know we talk about x's and o's whether it's basketball football you know sports of that type hockey but you know at the end of the day you know the sports is a great is a great tool to really educate our youth and educate um, how to be successful men and women, no matter what focus you have or no matter what arena you want to be successful in. So if you, and I think you've pretty much answered this already, but if you want to expand on it further, you know, with the winning cultures you've been around at New Mexico State and even your previous stops along the way, you know, going back to your days in Colorado, going to school, you even got your master's degree, you're, you know, you're academically, you know, trained, you're professionally trained. What would you say is, or what are some very important takeaways for, if you were to be, you know, speaking, you know, in a speaking engagement with, you know, a main, uh, type of audience that you would be focused on an organization, what type of uh, points would you be really wanting to, to impress upon them? Well, I think the lessons you can learn from sports um, are, are truly life lessons. Um, when you're in a team aspect or team confines or an organization, um, the lessons that you learn um, from, on a daily basis um, are going to carry over into the real world, the <laughs> real life. So put aside, you know, leadership and selfless and, and those types of things, which, you know, obviously are, are huge, like we talked about in life, family, et cetera. Um, but just um, the analogies and the similarities you could use from, hey, life is difficult. Life is really, really hard. Well, guess what? So is three hours of practice. <laughs> That's really, really hard. And I think what people learn in a team um, aspect and a sports aspect, whether it's individually, um, you know, whether you're a singles tennis player or, or you know, a baseball team or football team or et cetera. Um, I think what you're going to learn in, 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 in learning how to compete and on a daily basis, everything you do is so important, carries over to the real world because eventually 
um, we've, we've heard it before, the ball stops bouncing and now you're going into the real world, you're going into the working world, whatever field that might be, banking, um, acting, whatever, whatever, you know, you can go down the list, et cetera. Um, it, it's super important to be able to compete on a daily basis because life isn't easy. And so anytime I speak to, to people, whether it's coaches, um, um, boosters, uh, people in the community, uh, and they ask me, okay, like, what are we teaching these guys? What, what can we learn from this? I, I tell them, you're learning to compete on a daily basis because there's going to be a lot of hard days that we all go through. And, and, and honestly, nobody cares when you have a hard day. Right. And so any audience I would talk to, I would impress upon them that, hey, guess what? Like what you've learned in your experiences up until this point, and maybe, maybe they've never been on a team, but maybe they've been a part of an organization that has had that same um, aspects to it, that's going to carry over into the real world um, more so than, than many things that we talk about, you know, uh, growing up. Um, so just the ability to compete is so important. I think, you know, those are really great words of wisdom and it's simple yet profound, James. And I think that you really have the experience to go out and talk to a lot of different people that people who rather are tied to the program that you're currently coaching on. But, you know, when you have to have a lot of excitement and fan engagement and people you know like boosters and people who are really into you know the new mexico state basketball culture and you're a part of that fabric and you're able to you know really when they ask you the question you know what's it like what what you know thoughts do you have about you know the team building aspect and the mentoring aspect and you know what's it like to be involved in practices and getting a team ready to compete, you know, day in and day out, you know, you're, you're a great source of information and you have all that knowledge base and experience, which is wonderful. I mean, you as a person, if it wasn't coaching, you know, what other areas were at one time in your life when you were younger that you might have pursued if it wasn't coaching. And is there another profession you think that you'd be really successful at knowing that you've been successful uh, in the game of basketball? So that's a great question. I, I've never thought about doing anything else other than coaching. So, you know, we, when we're all growing up, maybe you want to be a fireman, a policeman, um, maybe you want to you know, sell real estate. I don't know. But um, in my, you know, 15, 16 year old adult age, I guess you'd say, extent, um, a more mature youth. All I've ever wanted to do is coach. That, that's all I ever wanted to do. That's all my, my heart has really ever desired um, because I have a desire to help young people and I have a desire to help young people um, change their lives and their circumstances and, and just try to, you know, I, I work for a guy, Grant McCasm, who always said servant leadership. So I, I, that really stuck with me. I, I want to try to pour into them, I want to try to serve. Um, these young people to try to help them in any way I can. Um, but let's say I wasn't coaching. Um, it goes back to what I just said. I really believe, in, and it's not conceded, that um, because I've competed for the last 20 years of my life on a daily basis and whatever aspect it's been in, the, in whether it's as individually or as a team, I feel like I'd be successful in most other things I, I'd go to. So, um, you know, I told my wife the other day, like, if I wasn't coaching, I think we'd, we'd probably make a little bit more money and I think I'd probably have a little more free time because ingrained in my mind is, is the work ethic that, you know, I've had to carry with myself and in our team and, and the places that I've worked. And if I applied that to um, being a real estate agent or I applied that to 
um, selling cars, or I applied that to, um, you know, whatever it might be, being a maintenance worker. Well, if I had that same work ethic and, and the same determination and the same ability to compete on a daily basis um, with a, a never lose or, or never take no approach, I think that would serve me well in, in most areas um, that, that, you know, other areas or walks of life as far as a career choice. Now, if somebody needed me to, you know, be a brain surgeon, they'd be in trouble. Like they're not making it. But <laughs> outside of that, <laughs> if we're talking about the normal um, walks of life. I think I could be successful because um, I, I enjoy people. Um, it's important for me to develop strong relationships. And, and, and I, I genuinely want to get to know people and, and enjoy being around them and trying to help them. And so when you take that attitude along with a competitive nature, um, in, a, in a strong work ethic, in a, in a never, never say no mentality and never, never lose mentality. Um, I don't know what areas of life you, you probably couldn't be pretty successful in uh, outside of some of the technical fields. Of course, of course. I mean, it's, it's true, you know, and, and you really shed some great light, you know, even the anecdote about, you know, talking to your wife. So I guess it was a timely question, you know, to ask, you know, because, you know, it, it really crosses people's minds when you when you marvel and when you admire what other people are doing, you know, and the expertise they have and really what their passion is, what motivates them, what drives them to be successful. And a lot of people, whether they're lawyers, doctors, CPAs, you know, people in the real estate space, you know, people in Silicon Valley, you know, when we think about like our iPhones and like all the different apps that we use on our phones, I mean, there were inventors and creators of that. I mean, even you go back, you know, 50, 100 years ago, and, you know, you think about even the appliances that we have in our, our homes, you know, who invented the refrigerator, who invented the microwave, you know, who invented the washing machine, like people of their time, you know, Thomas Edison with the light bulb, right? You know, you, you think about, you think about like, wow, you know, in every generation, in every century, people have been known to be inventors and creators of great things. Even, you know, the Ford, you know, Ford cars exist today, right? You know, so it's, it's amazing. And, and who, in your opinion, or there might be multiple, like who have been your greatest role models? Who really made a difference? What mentors or which mentors rather made a difference in your life uh, to get you to this point? Yeah, so there's been a couple. My father, very influential. Because, um, you know, most teenage young, young boys, men, um, they won't listen to anything their parents say to them, right? They want to do exactly opposite. Um, and I hope you're not one of them, but I definitely was of what their parents are telling them to do. Um, but as I got to be 23, 24, 25 years old, I realized that 99% uh, of what my father was trying to instill in me or try to get me to understand, 99% of it was, was, was spot on. It hit on, hit on the nail every single time. Um, and, and trust me, I didn't always tell him that. But, um, and then my high school coach um, was extremely influential on me because um, I, I was just, I didn't have a great work ethic. I probably didn't have the right mentality, kind of had a spoiled brat mentality early on in high school um, in a lot of different ways and how I interacted uh, with people um, and went about my business. And I wasn't like a, a bad person. I just was probably more self-centered. Um, and I think he got that out of me. I think he instilled work ethic in me. I think he um, helped me understand the importance of planning um, and, and really um, being selfless and how I approached things as a leader. And then Everybody that I worked for, 
um, along my, my journey as a high school assistant coach, um, as a head junior college coach. I mean, go, go down the list. Um, every head coach that I've worked for, I've picked up on because I haven't worked for and with any bad people. Knock on wood, it's, I've been really, really blessed that way. And so, you know, my father instilling it, you know, obviously growing up um, and, and through college, um, my high school coach, and then everybody that I've worked for, I've picked up things of, of what to do, how to interact with people, um, you know, what, what, what you're supposed to do as a selfless leader um, and, and what's important to being successful. Um, and so I've been very blessed that way um, because I can really say I've never worked for a, a bad boss. I've never worked with a bad person. I've never worked with people that didn't, um, you know, put the team uh, for the most part before themselves. Um, and so I've been, I, I, I couldn't ask for a better a foundation, right, from, from my success. And, and so that's been really, really cool. That's awesome. And I'm so glad that things turned around for you, you know, growing up because you had the right type of mentors and leaders and that you have so much wonderful things to say about your experiences and how they've shaped you. And I guess one of my last questions is, and it's a, it's a multi-part question and I look forward to your responses as well as all the other responses, you know, this has been, you know, so wonderful to interview you. Uh, when you think about, you know, what's the next stop for you? I mean, do you have aspirations to be a head coach in college basketball? You know, what other um, areas of the college game excites you or think, talk to me about, you know, other college head coaches in your profession that you look up to that you say, wow, I'd love to have um, the opportunity to coach um, and, and win like, like this particular coach. Any, any type of people that you look up to that, that come to mind? Well, from a standpoint of what, you know, I hope my, my journey takes next is I, I do, I wanna be a head coach. I, I really do. I, I, I was a head coach for three years at the junior college, um, had great success, enjoyed the relationships I built, um, both with my staff and with my former players, um, was uh, successful on and off the court when, when you, when you def de define what success typically is measured as. Um, and, and to be honest, um, in my role here, I have a lot of those same um, fulfillment from helping young men achieve their dreams and change their circumstances by getting a degree um, by playing in front of eight, nine, 10,000 people at times, by being a part of a successful program that helps them learn life lessons um, in the real world um, after basketball, after they're done playing on a team. Um, and so, um, you know, that's what I hope happens eventually. But again, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. Um, but moving past that, um, I wouldn't say there's one specific coach that I look up to um, or, or try to um, emulate um, completely. But what I'll say is, um, again, it goes back to what I said and I really mean it. I've learned something from every coach that I've worked for. Um, in, in like going back to high school, my boss was uh, unbelievable um, as far as relationships with those young kids and, and really cared more about their success off the floor at times than on the floor. That came with, you know, being a head coach, you need to be successful on the floor. But, you know, he, he really um, impressed upon me that the importance of taking a, um, a true genuine ownership and, and interest in 
the young people that we were around on a daily basis. And then my, my first boss at the college level, Pat Everhart, who's now Nebraska Omaha as an assistant, he taught um, me how to, to have a crazy hard work ethic. I mean, it's not that I didn't have it already, but he continued to instill it in me and to have a toughness um, on a daily basis of, you know, never, never um, relenting to the guys, always making sure you're holding them accountable to the highest standard. And then um, after that, I worked for a guy named Chris Tift, who um, he taught me about the, the details and the intricacies on a daily basis and how important they were. It's not that Coach Everhart didn't teach me that or, or Coach Menifee, my high school head coach, didn't teach me that. But, you know, again, each stop you pick up something that is maybe a little bit more important to somebody else than it is to others. And um, then all of a sudden that's part of your foundation. And so he really taught me how to be very um, um, detail oriented, almost too much, but, and I'm definitely not nearly as much as he was, but, but uh, he, he is, um, but I picked up on that. And then, you know, and then when I was a head coach, I, I was able to use some of my own ideas um, along with what I learned from, you know, those people that I worked for in, my, in the infancy stages of my, of my coaching career. And, and then, you know, was able to, um, was able to figure out what worked and what didn't work for me as a leader um, and, and what worked for us as a team. And then I go and work for a guy named Darren Hansen in Omaha, who um, he taught me, you know, that, hey, if the guys are excited to be playing and later in the year and they're excited to come working and legitimately having fun, which we lose sight of sometimes at, at this level, um, how, how, how excited they're going to be able to play at the end of the year is directly going to correlate to, you know, your success down the stretch. And then going and working for a guy like Grant McCaslin, who taught me about um, servant leadership and, and, and instilled some of those things that I think I already knew um, deep down, but then probably helped um, me be able to articulate it better. And then his game planning and, and his strategy, both, um, you know, and again, carrying that off the floor uh, was second to none. And then now the guy I work for, Chris Jans, um, he's taught me that you can never stop evolving and, and you can always be good in a whole bunch of different areas where he um, is good offensively, he's good defensively, he's good from recruiting, he hires great staffs. He's just, um, he's well-rounded and elite in every area where oftentimes in our, in our jobs, our professions, our coaching careers, you know, we think, hey, we need to be good at defense. We need to be good at one or two different things where, again, he goes back to kind of what I said earlier in the conversation about um, he can plug himself into any situation. He's um, evolved himself into being pretty elite in all the different areas. And so um, I think, again, a longer answer than you're probably looking for, I don't think I, I look at one person and say, hey, this is this guy that I want to be like this. But I, I try to take all of those different things that I've learned, um, both when I was a head coach and as an assistant along my journey, and I try to figure out a way on a daily basis to be able to juggle all those different things and try to instill a lot of those different qualities right. in the that I'm around on a daily basis. That's awesome. I love how you are so detailed with all of the different coaches you've worked with and who have coached with you and shaped you to be the person you are today. And very, very inspirational. And I think our audience really appreciates the transparency and, and the level of commitment that you've had every stop of your journey and how it has shaped you as an adult. And, you know, you don't forget where you've come from because, you know, talking about your father, talking about the coaches that have really been 
wonderful role models to you. And I think it just speaks to the success that you've had because you're, you've been able to take all of your life's experiences and it's been, you know, focused on the team aspect. And that's the importance of our podcast, um, you know, team building, relationship building. And I really appreciate you um, interviewing with me today. And I'll just leave you with one last fun question real quick. Which player in the NBA would you love to coach and why? LeBron James. Who wouldn't want to coach LeBron James? <laughs> Not because he's arguably the best player ever, but I'd love to see um, his dedication on a daily basis to become what he is has has and is become and how he continues to stay at the, at the level and standard. Yeah, he's a freak of nature. There's very few people that have the God-given um, talents that he was blessed with. But at the same time, um, there's a lot of people that have come through uh, the NBA or, or through college athletics that have never made it to his um, level and then been able to sustain it with the pressure that he had when he was 16, 17 years old. And here we are 20 years later, and he's still, you know, one of the best of all time. He He's one of the few people that has actually lived up to the hype that they got when they were younger. So it wouldn't be more about coaching him. Hey, like LeBron, easy, man, go get a bucket. It's more about I'd love to see what he does on a daily basis over the course of time to be able to have the success that he's had. Well, that's a, that's really great insight on who the player that you would love to coach or even just even get to know as a person and all the success that you know LeBron James has. He's one of few who have been able to master his sport. And he's somebody that a lot of people look up to and admire. And, you know, it was great to get your insight uh, James or Coach Miller, I, I, I call you James because I've known you for a while. Um, but thank you so much again. This has been a wonderful interview. Um, thank you so much for being a part of it and a part of the speaker series. And I look forward to catching up with you soon. God bless. And I hope you and your family um, continue to have success um, with New Mexico State University basketball. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, man. It's great catching up. Absolutely. You take care and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks.